Light that spark fire nation, JLD here, and welcome to episode 1539 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most successful and inspiring entrepreneur seven days a week. Turn website visitors into Leeds Fire Nation, fireup.co. It is free. What are you waiting for? Check it out. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, James Newcomb. James, are you prepared to ignite? John, I'm always prepared to yes. ignite. <laughs> James <laughs> is the founder of Musicpreneur, a podcast and online platform where he teaches musicians the tools, techniques, and most importantly, the mindset needed to monetize their musical skills. He's also the host of the Trumpet Dynamics podcast. James, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Oh, thanks, John. It's a great honor to be on your podcast yeah. and... You know, a year ago, I don't know exactly when this is going to air, but a year ago, I was just out of the military where I was employed as a musician. And I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to be a podcaster. And I was just in need of, I also knew that I needed some guidance, some real mentorship, some real coaching. And there was this opportunity on your Kickstarter campaign. Yeah of um, spend a day with John Lee Dumas and then have an opportunity to share your biggest failures with 50 kajillion people. (laughs) And I thought, man, you just don't get an opportunity like that every day. So I have to jump on it. And I'm sure glad I did. We're here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, trying to get my get my name out there. And um, we're just having a great time, my wife and my son and I. Well, I love that because it's early January right now when this is aired, mm-hmm. and it's almost a year to the day when mm. you locked in that year with JL uh, that year with JLD. That'd be a trip, <laughs> right? <laughs> the day, <laughs> the day with JLD and uh, Fire Nation. A lot of you know this is public. You know, I mean, it was on my Kickstarter page. It wasn't cheap. It was ten thousand dollars for a day with JLD, and I only offer two um, because, you know, it's, it's a big commitment on my end, too, and, you know, they were both scooped up, and James was um, one of the two that scooped it up, and I remember chatting with you soon after um, that happened and being like, yeah, so, dude, when do you want to come out? And you're like, wait a second, didn't I hear you moving to Puerto Rico? And I'm like, yeah, I'm moving out there in a few months. And you're like, I'm going to wait to come visit you uh, until you move to Puerto Rico. And I'm like, okay. So sure enough, Kate and I moved to Puerto Rico. James lands in um, not what you would call actually like an international first world airport, but he lands in that airport and he makes his way uh, over to us. And we spent that evening the whole next day, and then he left uh, the following day. So really, you know, we snuck in a little extra time there. Um, and it was out here in Puerto Rico, and we had a blast. And what I loved about that, James, and we can get into more of this later, if you know, if it goes with the flow of what we're chatting about, but you came not as a blank slate. I mean, you had unbelievable skills as a musician, as a trumpeter. In fact, you played for Kate and I one, that evening, which was amazing. And you left with... Uh, a different brands uh, with a different name of the podcast and kind of with, um, I just saw like the fire in your eyes. Like when we, we really nailed that brand and that name and you've continued to build off of that. And, you know, here we are talking about, you know, five, six, six months or so later um, after you left. And now, you know, it's um, because we're talking here in November and this is going live in January. So I'm really curious myself to kind of talk about exactly what's been going on. But before we get into even more details of, of that day and some recent cool things that have happened in your world, 
kind of break down for our listeners, what is your area of expertise? Like, what is that thing that you really bring to this world, your specialty? I guess what I do best is music. I'm a trumpet player. I've been playing trumpet for 32 years, um, longer than I, than I can remember. But what I've decided is going to be my area of expertise within the realm of music is entrepreneurship. Just teaching uh, those tools and techniques, uh, the internet skills. Uh, musicians, they're sort of by nature entrepreneurial. I mean, if you're going to go to college and you're going to tell that you're your parents that you're going to major in music, well, your parents are going to say, well, why don't you do something a little more rational? Why don't you do something (laughs) more reasonable? Why do you want to uh, study music? And they say, well, it's just something I have to do. And I think if you make that decision, you're already sort of an entrepreneur just by making that decision. It's just that, that I have to do this. That's, that's very much an entrepreneurial mindset. So that's what I have decided I'm going to be uh, an expert in that field. Not saying that I'm an expert now, but that's where I've decided I'm going to focus my time with bandwidth. How do you say it? Time bandwidth. There yeah. we go. Yeah, I think you nailed it. And <laughs> what right. we also nailed was your brand. I kind of want to go back to that because you just mm-hmm. heard James describe what he is doing, Fire Nation, the direction he's moving towards, and he's becoming more and more of an expert as he's learning, you know, as he's kind of playing through the hoops of fire here. And when he left that day um, in Puerto Rico, he had secured the domain musicpreneur.com. And we had talked about a tagline, which was making money, making music. And, you know, for some musicians, they might kind of be like, well, wait a second, like, you know, I don't necessarily like, I I don't want to necessarily make money or I don't want to like mix money with my music. Like it's too pure of a form. And I've heard all the different ways in the forms. But the reality is this, my friends, like you are obligated to find a way to generate revenue with what it is you love doing so you can keep doing that thing. I mean, there are so many talented musicians who aren't making music right now because they're not making any money. So you need to think mm. about this and go forward in this direction. And and I loved, you know, how James was not only willing to invest in himself to come down and spend a day with me and, you know, really break down his business and build it back up again with that brand. But you know, he, he also invested heavily in himself with that domain, Musicpreneur. I mean, that was taken. It was a premium domain, and you invested heavily in that. I mean, you did some good job negotiating, uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, you uh, invested in that, and he made it real, Fire Nation. Now he has a, a name and a brand and a domain that we can all wrap our heads around, and it's just so clear that everybody mm-hmm. who hears it knows, like, oh, that's not for me. And guess what? That's a good thing when people know that, but they also are going to be like, but that's for my friend Jimmy or Sarah or whoever, and they know now how to refer people to James. So I love that. And James, let's kind of take that area of expertise that you just described, share with us something that we don't know, or, or even more so that musicpreneurs don't know that they probably should. Well, I'm going to say something that people, I think people do know, but I'm going to explain it maybe in a way that you haven't heard it before. Cool. Uh, years and years ago, I had a couple of guitar lessons. Never really made anything of it. But uh, one thing that I remember my teacher telling me about playing the guitar is he said, learn both hands simultaneously. So you have on the one hand, uh, on your left hand, you're working the frets. And then on the right hand, you're working the the strings, the picking and the strumming and whatnot. And what he meant by that is, don't become an expert at the left hand while you ignore your right hand. And the lesson for 
musicians, entrepreneurs, uh, musicpreneurs is you have to, of course, you have to learn the music. You have to be great at music. Otherwise, no one wants to listen to you. But on the other hand, you also need to get good at being an entrepreneur. You have to build that email list. You have to get that social media following, all of which takes time. And so think of when you first started playing music. Well, you weren't all that great. In fact, people would probably pay money to avoid listening to you play, right? And so it's the same thing with entrepreneurship. Uh, it, you're going you're gonna to stink at first. It's going to take years to build an email list where you can monetize it. Um, and so that, that is the first thing that I like to share with, uh, with that. Just learn both of those uh, elements of being a musicpreneur simultaneously. And the second thing is a little more practical. I have found in this year of being out of the military and being a musicpreneur in my own right that Fiverr is actually a good resource yeah. to get some gigs. I've uh, put, I have a page on Fiverr where I advertise my services as a trumpet player, and a few people have actually called me. I'm not going to say that I've made a ton of money on it, but I've got some great experience uh, doing studio work. Uh, I've got some five-star ratings, which is sort of payment in itself. So I've found if um, you're sitting there on your couch watching Netflix, waiting for a gig to come in, try Fiverr. May not make you a whole lot of money, but you can get some good experience with it. Yeah, do something. Take action. You never know what opening up one door is going to lead to. I mean, that person that reached out to you on Fiverr to have a gig that they're paying you, you know, X number of dollars, which we know is not a ton on usually on Fiverr might be like, Oh, by the way, like you rocked it. I'm having a wedding in two months or fill in the blank in two months. And like, I know, like, and trust you and you did a great job. Yep. Let's do that. You're building relationships, Fire Nation and opening the doors opportunities. So like James said, if you can a watch, you know, the next uh, real housewives or B, you know, do something that you love, which is play the trumpet and, and do something on Fiverr. Don't worry about the dollars. Worry about the opportunity and the experience. So I love all of that. Now, mm -hmm. James, you did allude a little earlier to sharing your worst moment in front uh. of 50 kajillion people. And now's the <laughs> chance, brother. Let's hear it. All right. Okay. So, John, you know the Hallelujah Chorus, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's part of a great big oratorio called The Messiah. And within The Messiah is a piece called The Trumpet Shall Sound, and it's from the Bible, and it's referring to when Jesus is going to come back, etc. And so, as you can imagine, it features prominently the trumpet, and I'm a, I play classical music. That's my forte when it comes to trumpet. And so, it's something that I always wanted to do. I never had an opportunity to play it with a choir, with an orchestra. I, pl I played it as a solo in a solo concert before, but never in that setting. And so I was excited and I lived in Korea at the time. And there's a choir made of expats in Seoul, Korea. And the choir director called me up and asked if I would do the Messiah. And if, absolutely, I'd love to do it. Uh, not going to pay me anything, but I can put it on my resume. I can get that experience. And so the week prior to the performance, the rehearsals went fine. And I'm trying to pace myself because you don't, you don't want to um, not play enough and you don't want to play too much. You just, want, you just want to get that right balance so that you're ready for the performance. And I thought that I had done okay the week prior. I, I, I had paced myself, so I thought. And so it comes time for the performance. And 
the soundtrack went okay. I didn't play very much during the soundtrack. The first two pieces that call for the trumpet during the Messiah went fine. And then the trumpet shall sound came up. And I'll just sum it up by saying that the trumpet didn't sound. Mm. I mean, I played for four or five, maybe four or five measures, 10 seconds at the most. And I just could not form an embouchure on my mouthpiece. I, I just could not. My muscles just shut down in my lips and I could not make a sound throughout the entire, the rest of the performance. I could not make a sound. And anybody listening to me who plays trumpet or knows someone who plays trumpet, you know that you get tired during a gig, right? And uh, you just take a little break and then you kind of find your way back into it. And I tried that and I, I just couldn't do it. And to this day, this was two years ago, to this day, I, I really don't know why that happened because I played the next day. I had a concert the next day for the army and I played fine. It was just that one moment and there I was in this huge, it was a big church in Seoul and there was like 2,000 people in the audience. The ambassador to South Korea from the United States is in attendance and there is just the trumpet and the baritone soloist. It's like, it's our moment and I was just sitting there helpless, could not make a sound. I couldn't run off the stage. I, I, I was just totally helpless and it was awful. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I'm a little speechless. I, I can remember in my very limited musical playing days, I used to pound on the piano and I, I did take six years of lessons from first to seventh grade. So I can still sit down and, and crank out a few songs on the piano and I can remember getting super nervous when, you know, I would like get and actually get in front of people and perform and do these things. But, you know, the reality is when you're just like pushing down on keys, it's a little bit different than when you have to form that, that word that you use to actually play a trumpet. So, I mean, what, yeah, the embouchure, what was going yeah. through your mind during that time? Like what, what was like the thoughts that were racing? Mm. Everyone has a bad day. Yeah. It's just, you, you just, you can't, you can't have a career in music without something going wrong like that. I mean, maybe not on that scale, but I thought after that moment, I, I, I thought, man, I might never play again. Wow. Like my lips literally shut down. I thought I had focal dystonia, which is a nervous condition where you lose control of your lips. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt that helpless. And I, I honestly thought at that moment, <clears throat> I was later proven wrong, fortunately, but I thought my playing days might be done. What am I going to do? This is my livelihood. And you know, and this is real too, because there's a book mm -hmm. um, by the creator of Dilbert, um, Scott mm. Adams, I think his name is. Yeah. And yeah. I think the book is called like how to win, even though you're losing everything or how to lose at everything and still win. And he goes into that where he literally has that. He can't talk. He's a, he's a professional keynote speaker uh, getting paid massive amounts of dollars to speak from stage. And he wasn't able to talk not and not just for a day or a weeks, but months and years, and, and like he had to actually get through that mentally. It was a crazy, crazy story. I recommend anybody reading it because it makes you realize like how much pressure we put on ourselves and like how what that can do to our body. So, what's the lesson, James? You really want to make sure that our listeners get from that story. I walked out of that venue with my tail hanging between my legs. I was totally defeated. I had done everything that I could to prepare. Um, I mean, honestly, it was probably just a psychological thing where I, I was um, 
I just hyped myself up and yeah. probably played a little too heavy during the two pieces prior to it. I, you know, it's probably something like that. But you know what? All I could do was just pick up the pieces and I had another gig the next day and I had to do it. Must have been a little relieving when the embouchure was formed. <laughs> I suppose it was. But, um, you know, I, I had a plan. It just fell apart. Mm. And all I could do was just um, put the horn back on my face the next day and, and drive on. Well, I think this is actually kind of a good segue to off script a little bit, something that we talked about in the pre-interview um, mm-hmm. where you said that, you know, all you could do was, you know, just, just be prepared and all you could just do was, was just drive on and move on. And, you know, when you came to visit me in Puerto Rico, you were living, you know, up in Minnesota. Um, yeah. And now you live in Raleigh, North Carolina. And you just had, had to make things happen down there. And so kind of talk to us about that, that quick story that you told me during sure. our chat, because I think that that speaks a lot to just being prepared, to just getting out there and, and opening up doors and not even knowing what's on the other side. Probably 10 years ago is when I decided I was going to play trumpet professionally. I was an amateur until that point, but, but about 10 years ago, I decided I'm going, to, I'm going to really take this seriously. And my goal was to be an orchestral trumpet player. I wanted, to be, I wanted to play in like the Chicago Symphony or something. That was my goal. And <clears throat> so to prepare for auditions, of course, the way that an audition works for a symphony is to play a bunch of excerpts from the orchestral repertoire. And it's it's not the it's not the whole piece. It's maybe uh, maybe thirty seconds or so, twenty to thirty seconds, and it's just a uh, an excerpt that features the trumpet. And so I had practiced these excerpts over and over and over, hours a day, for years. I mean, four or five years. That was my one focus was working on those excerpts, getting those things perfect, and and uh, later in a sort of a entrepreneurial venture, I, I did solo concerts playing trumpet and I sort of incorporated those excerpts into the concerts. And so I get here to Raleigh in August. And at this point I hadn't, I hadn't practiced these, these things in years, two or three years. I hadn't, I haven't even played them, but I called up the trumpet player in the orchestra here at, uh, the North Carolina Symphony and said, I'm new to the area. I'd like to get to know you and I'd like to just make myself known. Can we get together and, and, uh, do a little playing, a little trumpet playing? He said, sure, come on over. The funny thing is it never occurred to me to practice those excerpts. <laughs> like <laughs> I, it didn't occur to me that I would be sort of gr- being auditioned to play in the symphony. And so I got to his house to play and he said, okay, let's hear this excerpt by Beethoven. And then this one by, um, uh, Stravinsky. And the thing is I played him great. I hadn't, I hadn't played them in three or four years, but because I put all that time, because I'd focused all that time, uh, playing them years ago, I was able to play them fine and well enough that he wanted to hire me for a weekend series. Fire Nation, that just to me speaks of dedication. And you said the word focus a few times, follow one course until success and just being prepared. You just never, never know. So James, we've been kind of meandering along here and I just, I'm just really digging these stories. So kind of take us into one of your greatest aha moments. Tell us that story. Well, I've had several, but I'm going to share one that I had recently. Uh, and it, has to do with the Musicpreneur podcast. Like you already 
mentioned the tagline, which is making money, making music. Well, a couple of, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, I was preparing my lines because the podcast is launching on January 1st. Yeah. And I was preparing my lines and I'm saying this, my name is James Newcomb and I'm the host of Musicpreneur Making Music Making Money. And I said that and I caught myself, wait, no, that's the wrong word. That's, that's the wrong order of the words. That's why we rehearsed. And then it occurred to me, wait a minute, I didn't misspeak at all. <laughs> that's really the principle. And then, and then to, to j- just for a little bonus, a nice little adage came into my mind. You put the music first, the money will follow. <laughs> Don't you love that? I love that. And, I, and it was just me just in my kitchen waiting on the microwave popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually waiting for microwave popcorn or in the shower. That's when those moments happen. There's two times those, those moments happen. Yep. <laughs> or for me, it seems like when I'm like at mile three of this killer run and I have no chance to, to one, remember what I just thought about or two, wrote, write it down. So it's just, <laughs> it's gone. I've, I've dropped more million dollar ideas on that mountain than I care to even think about. But James, let's kind of talk about that. So you had that idea and you mm-hmm. kind of let it come to you. A lot of people would have just resisted. They would have just said, mm. nope, nope, that's not like, you know, what John and I talked about or what I've decided a long time ago. What makes you open to that? And why do you think that's important? If you're a musician, you can have 10,000 people on your email list, but if your music sucks, no one's going to want to pay you money. They're not going to want to buy your hat. They're not going to want to travel 100 miles to see you in concert if you don't invest into your music and if you don't invest into your personality and being uh, personable, um, you're, you're, you're just going to turn people off. So the music has to be the priority. And then you focus on getting getting that fan base and uh, finding those super fans. James, right now, what are you most excited about? Now, I will add in a little disclaimer first, is that you said you're launching on January 1st. So it's January 7th right now. So your podcast is live, brother. There we go. <laughs> you know, it's not anything specific, but I'm just fired up about the fact that I wake up every day and I have an opportunity to do something that... Uh, speaks to my real self. It's something that I I can do something that I identify with. Uh, I don't answer to an egghead that outranks me anymore. And um, I just live the life that I want to live on my terms. And it's, it's something, it's, it wasn't that way for quite a while. And I certainly don't take it for granted now. Well, I don't take for granted the value bombs that we are dropping in the lightning round. So Fire Nation, don't you go anywhere. We're going to take a minute to thank our sponsors. Quick question for all the marketers listening. What's your address? My friend Billy Jean wants to send you something in the mail. It's small, black, and if used properly, it might deliver some serious ROI, return on investment. For the next 100 listeners who go to copyourads.com, Billy Jean is going to mail you his best performing Facebook ad campaigns for free. You just cover the shipping. Once you get this flash drive into your computer, you'll have instant access to the ad he used to generate 290 appointment requests for local businesses in 24 hours, the exact ad he used to jumpstart his agency and close close to $10,000 in one day, and dozens of other proven campaigns that he and his clients spent millions of dollars in testing. Visit copyourads.com to take Billie Jean up on this generous offer today. 
James, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? Let's do it. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Failing in business opportunities I had no business pursuing in the first place. What is the best advice you've ever received? The tree of prosperity is watered by the work done for no pay. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Every single week, I take one day off, no podcasting. Um, well, trumpet now is more of a hobby, so I'll do that. No, I don't look at stats, no blogging, nothing that has to do with online business. What's something consistent that you do on that day off? Well, it's usually Saturday, and we're members of a uh, Messianic synagogue in Cary, North Carolina. So that's one thing that we do. And then the rest of the day is just hanging out with the family. Cool. If you could recommend one resource like Evernote, what would it be? You know, I'm going to recommend a great resource that I found called Donor C, D-O-N-O-R-S-E-E.com. And it's, um, I guess it's sort of like an Airbnb for, uh, it's like sort of like a missionary's Airbnb. You can go on there, you can find a project that you want to help fund. Most of them are in Africa and the Philippines. And it was started by a missionary and it's uh, sort of a network of Christian missionaries over there. Um, and it's just, you can find a project that you want to help fund uh, w- w- very low cost and it's no third parties, no uh, red tape bureaucracy to get around. It's really, really... Wait, you mean the CEO is not living in New York City getting $400,000 a year? No, the founder <laughs> is like on boots on the ground. He's yes. in, uh, I think, somewhere in Africa. Love and he just that. started this thing. It's network of his buddies and they just post a project and you can just go on there, find one that speaks to you and just donate 10 bucks. Goes a long way. If you could recommend one book, what would it be and why? I just finished an amazing novel last night called The Speculator. And it's by uh, John Hunt, who is a friend of mine, and co-authored by Doug Casey, who's one of the foremost investment gurus of our time. And it's just action-packed. It is uh, sort of set in a a mining uh, development in Africa. And it's just, how do I describe it? It's just... um, Sort of like Indiana Jones goes mining, uh, but a lot of sound financial advice, a lot of uh, uh, sound entrepreneurial advice in it. So Speculator, amazing book, highly recommend it. And James, I want to end today on Fire Brother with a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Parting piece of guidance is just add value. Be a person of value. That is the core essence of entrepreneurship. And I've actually prepared a special page just for your listeners. Um, I have an opportunity. Well, there's an opportunity if you want to be on the podcast, even if you're not a musician. I'm looking for people who want to share a quick story of how music has impacted their life in a positive way. Um, You can also download my book for free. And uh, you're going to love this, John. You go to musicpreneuronfire.com. What? I love all of that. Musicpreneuronfire.com. You're going to be able to sign up to share on James's show how music has impacted your life in a positive way. You're going to be able to download James's book. And that's awesome. Musicpreneuronfire.com. So uh, anything else you want to share? No, John, this has been great. 
Thanks a lot. So cool. Well, you are welcome. And Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with JN and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com. If you type James in the search bar, his show notes page is going to pop right up with everything that we've been talking about today. Best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. And of course, the strong call to action is musicpreneuronfire.com. You're going to get some awesome resources there. That book, you can get the opportunity to sign up to be on James's podcast and so much awesomeness. James, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, brother, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Hey, Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed our chat with James today. And again, that was musicpreneuronfire.com. Head over there, and I am dropping value bombs on Snapchat, on Instagram. Check me out at John Lee Dumas, and I'll catch you there, or I'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, what's your address? My friend Billy G wants to send you something in the mail. It is small, black, and if used properly, it might deliver some serious ROI for the next 100 listeners who go to copyourads.com. Billy Jean is going to mail you his best performing Facebook ads campaign for free. That's copyourads.com.